Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to Bread and Cup. My name is Corey. And I'm Shauna. And today we are eating hot milk buns. This mm. is another, We this was recommended by a friend. And we paired it with a Costa Rican blend. This yeah, it's Very a fun yeah. new coffee. We don't drink it that often. And in a totally unrelated thing, God is God angry is our subject. <laughs> so, uh, He's certainly but, not angry about Costa Rican blends. That's right. But um, it's a question that we get a lot of. And I think a lot of people look at their faith and they wonder like, well, is God angry at us? And when you look through the Bible, there's lots of things that make you think God might actually be angry. But is yeah. that true? Yeah. The idea that um, God is just waiting up in the clouds with his lightning bolts, watching like a hawk yeah. for you to screw up. A good smiting, as I like to call a it. good smiting. Yes. A bit like a belligerent parent who keeps the belt, not up in their room, but hanging on the wall so that when you get out of line, they can pull that down and give you the right whooping you deserve. Which hopefully most people listening to this have not had that experience. So right. it's okay. But, yes. Because but, actually anyway. in Washington, <laughs> that's considered abusive right. and that's not safe. But- um, but, but it is true. A lot of people, uh, that are in church have had an experience of God being an angry, like you said, lightning bolt throwing person and, or, and they fear that, um, or they're on the other end where they love that. They love that the people that deserve it, I yeah. put that in quotes, right? Get, get God's wrath and vengeance on them. Yeah. And they, and, and they view that as a matter of justice, which is going to be a podcast right. we're going we're going to talk about the concept of biblical justice in a bit but um but they do view that actually as justice like right these are sinners they are doing their thieves and liars and drunkards and and all sorts of other things that maybe we'll leave off of the list for the moment um but they sort of hold those things up and say evil sinners god is going to strike you down with his mighty hand <laughs> and then when bad things happen around them they uh, atone that to God's anger and vengeance and 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 his wrath upon oh, you, people. They ascribe it to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they give it to it. So like right now we're home we because are. of COVID nineteen, yeah. which a lot of people, at least at the time when we're recording this, are experiencing as well. And and there are people out there that are going, well, this is God's vengeance on the world, and and all right. it hits is anger coming forth in this other way. Certainly, I, thankfully, I haven't heard that as much in this time. But I remember because of the age we are, um, in the eighties with the AIDS epidemic, yeah, how loudly. Um, there were church leaders just screaming how that was basically that people deserved it. They deserved to be sick. They deserved to be dying um, because that was God's wrath on them for, for their sin. Right. Um, and of course, we, we will know and we acknowledge now that it, it is in fact a virus. It is an illness like any other illness. And while it was concentrated in certain communities in early days, that had more to do with some of the social factors around it than it did right. a specific susceptibility. And so thankfully, 
that is not touted anymore. But we're not but that it, far removed from the idea. No, but and I think it is more indicative of where people are in terms of how they view God and his yes. character. And I think that's really what we yes. want to talk about is like, what is God's character and why the idea of an angry lightning bolt throwing God is not in line with the Bible. And I, I want to start by saying like, I think we talked about this in one of our past episodes about people's view of deities, right? And, and throughout history, people have viewed deities as a non-relational beings. They would come down, they would muck things up a little bit for the rest yeah. of us, or they would, you know, like we're talking about throw lightning bolts. And so yeah. a the lot Norse, of... Norse mythology, yeah. Greek mythology, um, certainly the early um, views of God that were in tandem, those early Mesopotamian gods that were in tandem with when we see the stories of Genesis coming yeah. out absolutely that was the view they an were, egyptian theology, oh, yeah, the, of course you know yeah, and, and all one. of these are and i think the that gods that, in charge and the people are just there to serve their well-being and i think a lot of people find solace in that because mm. then you can fix the problem that you're facing as opposed to yeah. facing the problem that you're facing right and yeah. we love a vengeful god because well this is just his wrath but I'll do things differently. Yeah, or on you, or even if I'm having wrath on me, well, I'll do things differently. Right. And then God will be able to He won't He won't do this again to us. Yeah, it's a, the way we view it. It's a um it's a tit for tat yeah. economy, right? right? That that there is not it's not a familial relationship right. um where it's I serve your best interest and you serve my best interest, which is community and relationship driven. It's about punitive punishments so these are the rules and the rules are the rules and you've if you step out of bounds then whoosh, yeah right at that i didn't He's have a the word angry for that. nun there that whacks people on the hands with a oh my stick gosh. you know even you know, if it's my, not do you remember my mom's story she, so she went to a catholic school as a, a all of her elementary years and the nuns would wrap her hands with rulers if she got an answer wrong well, I grew up in Texas for a while and I got paddled. So that oh, was a totally different yeah. time that we, you know. There was not corporal punishment in any of my elementary <laughs> well, schools. That's probably good. But but <laughs> but I would argue that God is not about corporal punishment either, right? And No, not at and all. That, and, you know, we can get into the consequences of our sin or the consequences of our mistakes and, and some of those things. Um but let's talk a little bit about punishment and the biblical concept of punishment. Sure. Well, I would say that there isn't a biblical. So we've covered that. That well, but that that punishment isn't really the thing. And so here, let's just take a moment and define punishment. Okay. And here's another moment where it it's handy that we're parents, because um, punishment is frankly, what my mom experienced in that school, what you experienced in Texas and, and maybe we experienced in our homes from time to time when spanking was still considered appropriate, that's a punishment. It's in, in its essence, effectively divorced from the action, right? If you forget to pick up your socks and your shoes in your backpack when you get home, a spanking doesn't have anything to do with shoes and socks and backpack. It's just, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable, literally for the point of making you uncomfortable. The end game is actually disruption to you because of inconvenience or disobedience in the other direction. Hmm. So punishment 
is not corrective. It's not restorative. I mean, I guess it's corrective in the sense that the, the fear or the avoidance of that will change your behavior in the future, but it isn't restorative. It's not about resolution. It's about, it's about um, enforcing the level of authority that something or someone has in your life, right? Right. So yeah, that's punishment. That concept doesn't really line up with the story of the Bible. Hmm. Because again, if you're looking at the outcome is specifically to cause discomfort and, and doesn't have a method of rest, resolution to it and is really just to prove authority. The places that shows up in the Bible is not God impact, um, not God carrying out punishment. It's other rulers. So it's, you know, in Egypt, it's the pharaohs to the um, Jewish people when they were enslaved, when, when he had the Israelite nation there, punishment was a thing, right? Like, oh, you're asking to go take a feast week? Double the bricks. Oh, don't like it? Triple the bricks. It cons Consequence, people will say, well, I'm going to give my kid consequences or that employee is going to have some consequences, right? But what they mean is a punishment. You inconvenienced me. You annoyed me. You defied me. You're going to feel my wrath. That's actually punishment. Consequence is when there is a direct relation that's, that the goal is for growth and connection and resolution. So we do have teenagers and they sometimes defy our authority as their parents and roll their eyes and say sassy comments, right? Our response is not one of, you better work that out because I'm the boss here, right? It's, I know in myself, I am the boss here. I don't need to prove that to them, which is what punishment does. It needs to prove your value as the leader. Consequence is saying, I already know I'm in charge and I'm super secure in that. The problem is, is the way you're treating me breaks down our relationship. The way that your, your reaction to my request disrupts my trust of you, disrupts my ability to, you know, invite you into awesome things. And so consequence is actually, it's loving and it's protective, but it's also corrective. And sometimes it's dang uncomfortable, but the point isn't for them to be uncomfortable. The point is for them to wrestle with the tension of like, oh, I've, I've created space in this relationship. I've hurt something in this relationship. I haven't lived up to my end of the bargain that we both agreed on. And so I, I need to fix that. It's, it's, there's resolution and restitution. And punishment isn't like that. It's not, oh, wow, you, you didn't live up to your end of the bargain. That sucks because you've now hurt us. Yeah, the, the idea is that punishment is not relational, right? In many yes. ways. It is 100% um, corrective 
as opposed yeah. to it's authoritarian. Um, it's I'm in charge, and this is my way of proving it. Yeah, well, and not even just this is my way of proving it. This is like I'm in charge. Yep. This is what's going to happen. Here you yep. go. And I think viewing God from that perspective is is missing out on an aspect of His character. Yeah. And and the idea behind we always talk about personal relationship with God, and we talk about those things in the church, and that 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 gets thrown around a lot. Sure. But when you start talking about if you if you look at all of the ways that God interacts with His people, yep. From relational. As opposed to, because um, you can respect people in authority, you totally. can and have relationship and via relationship, right? Like yep. it's not that that authority um, that they lose authority by being relational. I think sometimes right. people misunderstand that of like, oh, you won't. I'm, I'm using again kids as an example, but oh, you want your kids to be your friend. I don't want my kids to be my friend, no. but I want not them. Yet. Well, yeah, but, but that, I mean, that's not my goal, right? right? But I do want relationship with them. And that's yep. a, there's a difference between friendship and relationship. Yeah. And I think that, um, that people misunderstand that God is seeking relationship with us. Yes. Friendship. Yes. Maybe some of the elements of all those other things, Sure. but he's seeking relationship with us. And he does that by allowing consequences to play out oftentimes around us Yeah. because it brings us closer to him and it creates relationship he's not lightning bolt throwing thor you know from heaven you know or zeus so yeah yeah exactly and it's that you know so we talked i think just in our last podcast about the idea of proximity over brokenness and this to me is is um completely tied to that concept if you view yourself as broken Hmm. and that god is there to glue you back together, but you will forever be just a shattered shell of what you could be, that every sin ruins you a little more. And in God's good grace, he glues you back together. But, you know, you do enough and you're going to be kind of a chinky, mostly duct taped together vessel. Then that feels very punitive, right? Like the grace then becomes the grace of you deserved that ugly punishment. Um, but God picks you up out of your own deserved punishment. Um, we're sort of almost, almost like a parent who sort of hyper reacts and, and spanks the living, living daylights out of you or gives you some super serious consequence. And then like the next minute is like sliding you a chocolate bar under your door, right? Like it, grace begins to feel that way, opposed to if you view it as a proximity issue um, with full acknowledgement that there is a point in the proximity continuum where you cross over from getting to know to being in full relationship. And maybe that would be another great discussion for another day. Right. But that, but that if you view it ultimately as a proximity issue, that you remove that idea of, of consequence being punitive punishment, because there isn't any point of punishment if the entire goal is to shorten the distance relationally. Right. Actually, punishment does the opposite. And so viewing God as saying, these are sins and you do these and I'm going to get you actually pushes that divide wider because then the reaction is all fear-based opposed to trust-based. And trust is, is really part of that overarching story of the biblical narrative of like, I, I created you for something. Oh, great. You messed that up. Okay, here, let's try it this way. 
But I would challenge that the reason I think a lot of people like the vengeful God, some of it is, honestly, sometimes people are just nasty. Or sure. you know, they like the angry God. And if they feel like they're on God's side, then... Right. And then they can, yeah. you know, I always joke with a good friend of mine. I always say, well, you know, and, you know, he'll he talk about things he reads on, on the internet and he, or on Facebook and stuff. And he'll be like, this person said this. What do you think about this in terms of like God's interaction with people? And I'm like, well, people just love a good smiting, right? Like they love <laughs> to see it happen. Yeah. But but on the other side of it is I, th- I would challenge people that that really love the idea of a God that's vengeful, that maybe they are too afraid of what a relational God means to them because there's a lot more intimacy when your consequences of your actions are connected to the, to the problem that you created and they're not divorced of it. We love it when it's like this bad thing happened between this other person and I, well, it's because, you know, it's it's because God did this to them or God's doing this to me or whatever, instead of going, Oh man, wow. Did, did I do something that created this yeah. this situation? And I think that's a great point because the the punitive really is a scorecard, right? How many times did I lie today? How many times was I selfish or did I lust or you know whatever right. whatever the score? And and then you sort of atone for those. It almost becomes a bit like my name is Earl, right? Like it it almost becomes a karma esque tally where. There's things you can do because grace, there's, you know, things you can do to sort of balance that tally sheet. And God is nice enough that if you say the right prayer, that he'll just wipe that tally sheet clean. That feels tangible. That feels controllable. And it actually feels safe. Right. Right. At least that's what I hear you saying, where the relational side of it is like, well, yeah, you, you did things that hurt this relationship. And it's not a tally sheet. It's a lot more intimate and a it's, lot more personal. It's about being honest with yourself about what made, motivated you to do those things. It's about owning the lies that, that you believe. It's, it's about accepting that, that there are aspects of yourself that you're not willing to let go of yet. That, that those actions, it's not the action it, by itself that was an issue. It's if you're lying, why are you lying? What are you afraid of? Where Where's your identity broken down? Where is your value system broken down? And then relationship demands that that's what you bring to God. Right. And the Psalms is a perfect example of what it looks like to do that. Yeah. It's not just a, okay, all right, Lord, here are the five things I'm pretty sure that I sinned on today. So please just wipe them out. Okay, can you just wipe those clean? It's about coming and saying, okay, Lord, I, I remember these five things. Help me see where my attitude about you or my attitude about who you say I am, where is that wrong? Well, like why, why do these actions exist? Yeah. Maybe the sin is a reflection of your heart versus the sin scarring your heart. You know what I mean? And I think that looking at it in that way um, again, it's a deeper understanding of, you know, the church has wrestled with the idea of faith versus works for, for since its right. inception, right? Like yeah. since the beginning of the church, it's part of what we, what is talked about in Romans. I mean, this yeah. is, it, this is a discussion that the church actually has had, the yeah. disciples had. Yeah. Um, and it's because works are really easy to measure. Yeah. But our heart isn't. Yep. Yeah. 
And so an angry God that can knock people off and punish us punitively yep. for our sin and our works makes us feel a lot better because we're like, well, I'm through that. I got my yeah. punishment. I'm done. Yep. So. Yeah. And, and there's this, the, the sticky aspect that what you believe, like what you genuinely believe is eventually going to show up out in public. Right. Hmm. So if you, so there, it isn't, and that's sort of that works tension, right. And the punitive versus consequence tension that man, if, if I really believe that we are stewards of this earth, and that is something I do believe. And I do say to our, our kids that that means that when I'm shopping for groceries, I need to be thoughtful right. in how I buy things. Because if I believe I'm a good steward, that means that I have a responsibility to the world God created and the systems and the orders of the way he told us to cultivate and care for the world. Right. And so if I, I can't say that is a belief and then not at least attempt to do that in some tangible way out in, out in the way we live our lives, right? And so that is the, that is the trick of works, right? You can see they say, you know, hurting people hurt people. Um, hurting people hurt people. And the reason that, that that axiom sort of holds true is you see it in their actions. When someone is hurting, they're defensive, yeah. they're paranoid, they're quick to judge, they're quick to lash out. And those, those things create hurt. And so we, we've had this way of sort of wrapping up like, well, that's not okay. Why do they do that? Well, that's an internal thing right. that's showing up externally. But historically, so we have wrapped people on the hands for the actions that they did that were a result of the heart of where they were. Right. Which, but without actually examining the heart, because that's right. a really hard thing. Um, and uh, again, there's the whole historical context of the church as a political power, the church right. as oh. a socioeconomic power. And so that mucks things up yeah. over and above the, already just the difficulty of humans being with other humans in community. But, um, but it is, it's, you, you have to accept that there is this level of the way that we behave tells the people that we're in relationship with something about what we, what we genuinely believe yeah. about ourselves, about them, about the world, about God. And so our actions do have to have a reaction, but it's really hard as a leader or a mentor to speak to anything that isn't just the action. It takes a whole lot of time and trust building to have relationship enough to be able to say, huh, that action tells me that maybe you, right. you know, fill in the blank. Well, and I think that that specific theme will be a theme of future discussions as we sure. talk about specific sins or sin patterns yeah. that the church has latched onto. And sure. I'm not the church being that way, but like when we talk about specific sins, we talk, sure. we, we like to villainize certain things when really what we're talking about is a much deeper rooted misunderstanding of relationship. So totally. So I wanted to end, um, this will be in the, the blog associated with this one, but I wanted to end, um, with a, just a very short peek at Matthew chapter 11, because I think 
if you don't want to bother to survey the Bible or read books about this, um, Matthew, the, the second half of this chapter, pretty well covers this concept. So um, Jesus is um, talking and teaching, as he did, and he condemns the series of cities um, basically for their hard hearts and they wanted a sign and they wanted this. And I mean, his language is strong. He's not being like, oh, come on, guys. I just need you to Turn like- Turn your hearts around. Come on, <laughs> like kumbaya, peoples. He's like, hey, you are failing. This is not okay. I mean, it, there is condom condemnation language. It's very strong because they're looking for an action and they refuse to engage in relationship. And I think if you keep that relational proximity thing in the back of your mind when you read those verses, it, I mean, it's just glaring. And then immediately after that, and quick pause to acknowledge that the authors of these gospels, they laid out these snippets in, it's not chronological, it's intentional. Yeah, right? with a purpose. Yeah. It's purposeful. They are trying to get us to follow the narrative. And so while true, not chronological, always. And so we want to hold that there's a relationship between right. those two things. And so this condemnation language of these cities. And then he goes right into just slamming into what what feels like almost a 180 degree, degree reversal of come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, or all come to me, you who are tired and burdened. Take my yoke on you. It is easy and light. Like, that's just the opposite of, hey, guys, get your poo together, which was immediately before that. And I think this, that dichotomy is just this like flashing light of the difference between punitive and, and corrective. Hmm. Because even in the condemnations of the cities, he's not, he's not saying, you know, shame on you. I'm going to strike you with boils for this. He's saying, come on, here I am. I've, I've come to finally bridge the gap. You, you have been struggling with this since Abraham started this whole gig. I'm here to bridge the gap. And all you're asking for is a magic show. Come on. Right? Yeah. And then turns around and says to the individual, Come to me if you're weary and you're heavy laden. My burden is light. Like, I come here. And that idea of the yoke, right? It's that it lays across a set of oxen. It's shared carrying. It's, it's, it's a lightening of the burden of not like, man, life is hard. Let's, I'm here to do this with you, right? It's this really beautiful picture of, of relational togetherness. And I don't, Think that that's an accident. Yeah, that there is this just intense press against people completely unwilling to see any relationship and just want like the slot machine magic show, and then going directly into. But those who want relationship, come on, hmm. I've got you. It's good. Yeah. So if you are struggling with seeing God or, or again, comfortable with seeing God as an angry God, the lightning bolt God, maybe, maybe start thinking about what, why you believe that way. What, yeah. what comfort do you find in a 
punitive God versus a consequence-oriented, relational, come along with me on this journey, yeah. God. So it's been a great conversation. We hope you guys got something out of it and learned something. Um, we would love to explore other ideas, other topics. We have um, discussions that are happening on our Facebook page and on Instagram. You can join those at Bread and Cup Podcast. Search for us there. But you can also check us out on breadandcuppodcast.com where you can fill out suggestions for future episodes. You can check out other episodes and just leave us comments about what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like to hear from in the future. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes. Thank you.